say, hey, everybody, it's Allison Kapkowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, that you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. And so if you've followed me over the last several weeks, and I know I've had a lot of new listeners over the last couple of months, because I always enjoy hearing from all of you, whether it's an email or it's a private message in social media, you know, explaining or telling me there was something that you appreciated or maybe you were able to make a connection on, you know, whether it's from me or from one of my guests um, in this space, I always want to make sure that, that that's open and available to you. And the primary reason that I do that is, is that, you know, really ever since COVID started, basically a lot of things in our worlds have changed, whether it's the way we live or how we do us or how we make decisions and whether, and even if it's not us, it can be, the people around us that are affected too. And all of that is an important piece of how we look after ourselves. And so I'm really excited about my guest today. She is a friend and a colleague of mine in the coaching space. Um, My guest today is Allison Roberts. Uh, We are also partners in a a mindset program that we've been participating in this year. And that's been a lot of fun too. And Allison, thank you so much for making time for me today. Thank you so much for having me. I told my daughter I was going to be on your podcast and she's like, oh my gosh, two Allison's." <laughs> That's right. I know. It's almost a little too much power. What do you think? I think it's a lot of power too. <laughs> Outstanding. I love it. So, um, so why don't you tell, kind of tell my audience a little bit about what you do. So I own a company called Outrageous Results. And what I do is I help people find new solutions to old problems. The ideal client for me is the person who finds himself asking the question, you know, how did I end up here again? And that is what I do through coaching. Um, I also have um, a Facebook group with the same name as my business, Outrageous Results. And in that group, um, I go live every Tuesday at two and talk about just different tools and skills um, to develop to help us gain a deeper awareness of ourselves so that we can become the best version of ourselves. Oh, I love that. I I just love the name of your group, Outrageous Results. Thank you. It's just very bold and direct. And I love that. Thank you. I'm pretty bold. (laughs) Yeah. So why do you think, in your opinion, why do you think that we all find ourselves in that, in that particular situation at one point in time in our life? How did I end up back here again? Well, we have, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Brene Brown. Um, If you're not familiar with her, she is an expert in shame and guilt. And, you know, I've been, an expert in the shame and guilt field myself for the last 15 years. And shame is a human condition. It is our lower brain that is conditioned for survival. That is basically finding all of the things that are wrong with us um, so that we will stay alive. Um, So don't cross that bridge. You'll be an idiot if you do that kind of thing. And so Mm -hmm. What happens is in, in modern day life, you know, we make decisions based on a lot of times what we think other people want us to do. And we do that over and over and over again in an attempt to please other people. And we lose ourselves in the process. 
and we'll create a story that, you know, this time is going to be different. This job is going to be better. This house is going to be better. This relationship is going to be better. The baby will make everything better. The car will make everything better. And when we live in that existence, um, it is breeding ground for shame. And so it just perpetuates itself. Yeah. It's like a, almost just like a repeat cycle, kind of like the spin cycle in the washing machine. It just kind of just repeats, you know, exactly. And then it just repeats, right? Yes. So in, in that particular instance, what do you think are the primary drivers? What do you think the primary thoughts that people are thinking when we find ourselves doing that? And I'll give you an example. I can think of a time in my life and a lot of people don't know this about me, but, but, you know, most people think I've been fit and active most all my life, but you know, there was a period of time when I finished school where I sort of let myself fall off the wagon. I I had a pretty tough year in my personal life and, and, you know, there was a part of me that was just disappointed in myself for letting myself get to that point. So I can totally identify with the shame piece in there to think that, you know, of all people, I should know better. This is what I do for a living. I mean, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, that is shame. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, anytime we're saying like, I should, I should do this or I should not have done that. Um, that is shame speaking through us. And so I, you know, I think um, what is going through someone's mind usually um, when you're in that space is a, is a toxic condition that I call all or nothing. And uh-huh. so like in your case, you know, maybe you were depressed or upset. And so, you know, you ate a slice of pizza and then the, your brain is just like, well, I had one slice. I might as well just go ahead and eat the whole thing. So we were just through our actions, we're just perpetuating failure yeah. and we just stay in that failure cycle. Um, and usually what happens is um, everybody has a rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. and, and finally, I'm sure that the same thing happened with you where you probably either the number was too high on the scale or the blue jeans that you wanted to wear wouldn't zip, or maybe you caught yourself at a reflection in a shop, you know, in a, a, a you know, storefront window or something, yeah. but every, everyone has that, that rock bottom where, um, it just gets to be too much and you know that you have to do something to change. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I can remember, I mean, it, it was, you know, several years ago, obviously, but you know, I do re- distinctly remember the day that I decided I was done with all that. And I just think that for me, just like a lot of people, I think you get to a point in a, I don't know if you listen to Dave Ramsey or not. He's a financial guy and he has a radio show um, and it just happens to be on in the evening sometimes when I'm, when I'm in the car and, and he has a saying that I've sort of adopted and that is you're, you, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. And that's really where I was. I literally remember waking up and saying, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being like this. I'm, I'm ready to go back to ready to go back to that older version of me. And, you know, that next day I was, you know, I was back in the gym. I was back doing the things that, you know, are more in alignment with who I am. And so, you know, just to speak to the shame piece of that, it's, there were so many days when I would have thoughts about, I should not be doing this. I should be doing this instead. And I just think that for a lot of people, it's just, it's a unique 
everybody has their own way of processing that. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, everyone does have their own way of processing it, but because it is a basic human condition, the mm-hmm. feeling is the same. Um, the core feeling is the same anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do with that feeling, you know, is where I think we all differ. Um, you know, one one person that feels shame may go to the gym and work out, you know, for seven hours, where mm-hmm. another person who feels shame, you know, will eat a gallon of ice cream. So the actions are different, but yeah. the feeling um, is the same, which is that, you know, there, there's something horribly wrong with me yeah. um, and no one's going to love me. Uh, I'm not going to be accepted anywhere. And so then what happens is that that shame starts seeking allies. Um, your shame will seek other people who are in their shame. And so you get, it becomes like two Allison's together, right? You have two people who are in their shame together um, and, and then it's multiplied. And so those, those situations where people um, become like victims to their shame, those situations are very, very difficult to get out of. Yeah. So let's talk for a little bit about how that, how the feeling of shame and guilt manifests itself in the form of say working out since that's, you know, obviously what a lot of people know me for, you know, most of the time, if I'm being completely honest and a lot of the people that I see, it's not always a case of, you know, spending hours and hours in the gym you know, as a way of dealing with the shame. It's more of, you know, helping you get started so that you're doing something positive for yourself to get over the feelings of shame, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if a client is with you and well, first of all, I mean, you know, I I know you personally. So I know that if a client is working with you, then they, they pretty much already know that they're going to have to be doing some self-work as well, you know, um, because it's all around mindset. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so going to the gym is just an action. Um, So, you know, if you, to really kick shame's butt, you have to be willing to face it and have a conversation with it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with someone who's going to the gym, um, if they're dealing with shame, I was, you know, if I was working with them, I would, I would sit them down and just say, okay, you know, what is your shame experience like when, you know, when you are working out? Um, well, I can't look at myself in the mirror. I, I you know, I hate the way that I look. Uh-huh. Um, you know, why do you hate the way that you look? Um, because I don't look like the women on the cover of magazines, you know? And so why is that important to you? So I tell all of my clients, like, you have to become the best detective in the world. Um, you also have to become the best lawyer in the world because if you have, you know, ever watched a movie or been on a witness stand or been in a courtroom, you know, the, the person that's in charge in a courtroom is the lawyer. And why is that? Because he's asking a lot of really great questions and, So, you know, whether you're in a gym working out or, you know, you're trying to find a better job or whatever it is that you're trying to solve, 
you're not going to solve anything with your current mindset. So the only way that you can turn shame around is by minimizing it. And the only way to do that is to just ask yourself a lot of questions where the answers really make you kind of stop in your tracks and get very honest with yourself. I was talking about this on my Facebook live today. Um, There's no greater uh, place of power than, than to be in a place where you are being so honest with yourself, the most vulnerable with yourself that you've ever been, that you're finally able to turn all the lights on in the room where there aren't any shadows, where you're willing to just look at all of your story and accept every single piece of it. And then the parts that you don't like, be the detective and turn it around. Well, and being a detective means that you have to really be willing to dig deep and literally investigate. Asking questions, it means no drama, no excuses. And I know for a lot of people, that's a process in and of itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, just to be extremely um, transparent. So, you know, I have found myself um, successful in every single area of my life, except for, you know, love relationships. And in my mindset work this, this year with COVID and everything else going on, you know, I just had to get very real about, you know, why is that, you know, and I I was raped um, when I was 12 years old by um, a, a school friend. And that's how I lost my virginity. And I just tucked that way far away in a, in a dark, dark corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I mean, I'm a therapist. I've been to therapy. Um, it's what I do. And I really had convinced myself that I dealt with it, you know, and, and I finally had to just tell myself like, uh, you know, relationships scare me and and sexual intimacy scares me, you know, and I'm doing work around it right now, but to be that vulnerable, um, a lot of people, it scares them. Well, I think deep down, if we're all being honest, I think our greatest need is to feel liked and like we belong. Yes. You know, I think you talk about a basic human condition. I think that's, I mean, that speaks to the, our need to be safe. Yes. We want people to love and accept us. And we want to feel like, you know, that that's rock solid. Yes. But it has to start with ourselves. Yes. And so if you're, you know, if you're not accepting those parts of yourself, you know, I mean, I, I'm 55 years old and, you know, that rape happened, you know, over 40 years ago and I've kind of faked it till I made it kind of thing, like Uh acting, um, you know, sexy when I was scared out of my mind or, Mm -hmm. you know, getting into physical relationships where, um, I wasn't ready yet or comfortable, but pretending like I was, I mean, and, and having to admit all that and having to accept that, you know, um, that's, that's where I was then. Um, this is where I am now and accept it without judgment because judgment Mm -hmm. is shame. No, it is. It's, it's a way that we shame ourselves. Yes. 
that's why, you know, and, and so much of what I teach in my six-step fit life system and in all my programs is about being, being completely accepting of your thoughts. You're not the same thing as your thoughts, but just because you have a bad day, for example, and you don't get a workout in, or you have a bad day and you eat either too much or, you know, you know, in, in, in the fitness space and, you know, there's a saying where, well, we have it, we had a cheat day or I didn't eat very clean today or whatever the, the vernacular is that's used. And really what you're doing when you say that is, is you're just judging yourself rather than saying, you know, I can always start tomorrow or I can always start today. That's why I always teach my clients never to say that they're behind. You know, I, I hear that a lot when it comes to excuses and reasons why they don't stick with a regular fitness and self-care program is, well, I'm behind, I'm too busy, I don't have time or whatever it is. And really, if you read between the lines of all that, what you're saying is, is that either A, I don't value myself enough to make the time, or B, it's not important enough to me, which means that I'm not as important to me as I, as I should be. That's exactly right. You know, and what happens is, is that when you get into that space, like even with you, like with your clients, if they're not, if they're shaming themselves like that um, and having, you know, too many cheat days and then telling themselves like, you know, I can't do this. This is too hard or whatever. But then they come to you um, and they're, they're seeking approval from you. Um, they're seeking that the acceptance from you. They're going to have a temporary win. You know, yeah. if you're like, oh my gosh, you know, don't worry about your two cheat days. I mean, like you're doing great. Look how strong you are. You know, you, you lifted 45 pounds today. You only list, lifted, you know, 35 the other day or whatever it is, you know, in that moment, they'll feel so great with you yeah. um, and they'll love you. <laughs> but, yeah. as, but as soon as they get home and they get in the shower, um, all of that stuff is going to come creeping back in. And that's why the self-acceptance and the yeah. self-love and care is so important. Well, and one of the other things too that I think is lost, especially especially now, because I think people have more time on their hands than maybe what they're used to. Especially they're working at home and they're around people on a regular basis that maybe they're not used to, or you know, maybe for a lot of people, I know they're not working at all. You know, and so you know, all kinds of things in their lives have created a situation to where they're having to face these realities. You know, the stories, as you, as you mentioned, that, that have come to become real to them as you know, part of the truth is that that's where I think it really gets difficult for some people without having an outlet for them to relieve the stress and anxiety that comes from not really taking care of yourself because it always shows up in other places in your life. Right. But I always tell people that, you know, if you don't, if you find yourself saying that I don't make, I don't have time to work out. Well, what else do you not have time for in your life? Odds are you're saying you don't have time to, you know, have a date night with your husband or your, your partner or whatever, or you don't have time to get together with a friend or you don't have time to, you know, go to church if that's your thing or whatever. There's always something else that you don't have time for, you know, so it's not just a mutually exclusive kind of thing. It always shows up someplace else. It does. Yeah. And when, you know, and that's a good point because you're right. You'll just transfer it. I call it the transference of shame. 
and we get we get really good at what we do often. That's another thing I, I say a lot because we're creatures of habit. You know, if you're used to you're used to getting up and working out in the morning, you know, then you know odds are that's when you're going to continue to do it. Um, if you're used to working twelve hour days, you know, and and one of your stories is is that you don't have time to look after yourself, or you don't want to go to the gym, or you don't want to start a program because you say you're too busy, then you know. That's the one that your mind hears that. And that's part of your story too. It's, it's one of the reasons too. And you've heard me talk about this a lot is, um, is, you know, in January when so many people decide to get in shape January and February, you know, they, everyone wants to start off the new year in a positive way. They want to start, you know, with a new program or go to a new class or whatever. And then about, you know, two or three weeks or however long into it, just enough time for the newness to kind of wear off, you know, and usually something happens, life happens, there's a conflict, there's, you get sick or whatever, you know, and you miss a day or two, you know, you haven't really given yourself enough time to wrap your head around that new part of you. And then all of a sudden, because you've missed a few days, you know, you judge yourself on that too. And that's when I start to hear people say, well, I'm behind, I got to get caught up. And that's why I always say, no, we never say we're behind. We always say we can start today. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, it's so funny. I have two thoughts on this. So, um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and, uh, I have a friend here that owns an independent gym and she and her husband, um, count on January. Yeah. It pays their rent for the entire year. Yeah. And she says, you know, by, the 20th or 21st of January, the attendance in the gym is cut in half and it pretty much stays that way until like swimsuit season. And then they'll get really busy again. And then, but it's crazy to me that they, that they count on January. So that's one school of thought. But the other thing too, is a lot of people ask me, you know, why my programs, why my coaching programs meet twice a week and why I insist on a Facebook group um, that is, it's, it's called unapologetic power. It's a private group, but why I insist on that being so active um, and why the program is six months instead of like six weeks or 12 weeks. And here's all the reasons for that. And it's everything that you just said, Allison. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's everything you just said. So um, because you're right, people, First of all, we live in a McDonald's society and people want results like right now. Quickly, immediately. Yeah. Yes. And that's not realistic, um, especially with what you and I do. It's just, you know, you, you're exercising the body and I'm getting people to exercise their mind and their soul. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, it takes a while. It, I, I, you know, we used to say 21 days. I think with everything happening right now, it takes about 45 days, honestly, to develop really good lasting habits. And then you have to have the community and the accountability and the repetition um, and all of those things. So yeah, I mean, it, it takes work um, to get the results with what you and I do, but it also, this is the irony of it all is that People think that it takes so much more effort to do our work, but it actually takes some more effort to, uh, to rebound from misery. 
Well, I personally think it takes more work to stay where you are than it does to change. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, I agree with you. Think about I, that for a minute. If you're if you're miserable, if you're really not happy with the way you look, or you're struggling with something that's happened in your life, um, like in your instance for you know several years ago, for example, I mean, think about what that does to you on a day-to-day basis. I mean, yep. think about the baggage that you carry around inside of you that maybe nobody really knows about. I mean, what does it feel like to consistently just carry that around. It's like having an extra weight, you know, literally around your shoulders. Yeah. Won't go away no matter what. And think about how that affects how you think and how you interact with people and how you show up for work and how, what kind of parent you are, what kind of friends you are. It all, it shows up everywhere. And so for me, my whole thing is, is, there's always something that you can do today that's going to help move you in the right direction. And then tomorrow you can do something else. It just, to me, that mindset takes a lot less effort than just staying right where you are. Even though that feels really familiar, I just think about what that does to you on so many levels. It's just like, you know, carrying all of that around with you over time just wears you out. Yeah. And I mean, I always think too, like whenever I think about, you know, should I make a big investment in something or or take a big leap or whatever, I always ask myself the question, like, what is it going to cost me if I don't do this? That's always a good, a good question. I think we all should be asking ourselves if we're trying to decide. I mean, if you, if you have a feeling that something sounds interesting to you or intriguing to you, you know, and, and you think it might be the answer to a prayer you have or a question you have, you know, I mean, obviously we both know that immediately our mind is going to tell us why it's not a good idea. But the fact that you keep thinking about it is proof positive that it's something you should look into at the very least. Yeah. And I'm sure that you find this happens with you too, Allison is like, it's so crazy. You know, we'll spend all this money uh-huh. things that we don't that it's just mindless spending. Like we don't even realize how much money we're spending and we put ourselves last. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to say that other people need us and that other things are more important and you know, why it's so important that we get all these things done because we promise somebody else, you know, and why, why should what we do for ourselves take last priority? You know, I mean, at some point that languaging has to change with us too. Yeah. And, you know, I really do believe um, a lot of that is self, it's a self-worth thing. You know, if you're, if you're certainly, if you're not enough, then you're certainly not going to believe that you have enough money or enough time. Yeah. No, I totally, yeah. Like I said, it shows up everywhere in your life. You know, a simple thought like that manifests itself in other places. Right. Exactly. So, so let's say that someone out there is listening to our conversation and they're, they're, they're feeling like maybe there's something they want to explore or maybe, you know, this sounds interesting to them on some level, you know, what, how would you tell them they could they could make a decision and do something for themselves starting today. Well, I am a very big uh, proponent in sort of getting rid of the word goal. Uh-huh. And I like the word promise better. So 
I, what I do every morning um, before I get out of my bed is I make three to four promises to myself for that day. Um, And I'm very intentional about it. And I give it some thought because when we, like, for instance, if we say that we're going to go to the gym and we don't go, that's a promise that we've broken to ourselves. Or if we say that we're going to eat clean that day and we end up eating a donut, then we've broken a promise to ourselves, and that erodes our self-esteem. So I would say, you know, if you really want to start building um, confidence, your self-worth, your self-esteem, um, and really showing yourself that you mean business, then before you get out of bed every morning, you know, make, and if you're, if you've never done this before, then you may want to just start with one promise, but make a promise to yourself and keep it. And then at night before you go to bed, you know, just reflect on how you felt when you kept that promise to yourself and, you know, what your thoughts are around keeping that promise to yourself and go to sleep in that energy of, just accomplishment and um, self-worth and um, the fact that, you know, you are capable of keeping promises and you will begin to see a major shift happen inside of you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Making promises to yourself every day that you can keep, you know? Yeah. Yes. I love that. Well, this has really been fun. I'm, I'm so glad we were able to work this out because I know that what you teach just goes along so well with what I teach. And so I feel like, you know, it's a message that needs to be repeated over and over, I believe. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? The best way to find me is you can go to my Facebook group, which mm-hmm. is called Outrageous Results. Um, ask to join um, and I'll let you in. Um, or you can go to my website, which is Allison, and it's spelled different from you. It's A L L Y S O N Roberts.com. And there is a spiritual archetype quiz on there that's really fun. Um, it takes just a couple of minutes to take, but that will also reveal a lot of stuff about yourself to you. Oh, I love it. Outstanding. Well, I hope that everybody out there heard that, that you can go get a freebie on Allison's site. And kind of check that. It's kind of like a self-inventory, I guess, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has really been interesting and fun to find the parallels, not just between what we do, but, you know, just how best you serve other people because, you know, what you do is so needed, especially now. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really No problem. No problem. And so if anyone out there is feeling inspired and wants to reach out to Allison for more information, please feel free to find her in her Facebook group. That's Outrageous Results is the name of the group. Or you can go to her website at allisonroberts.com. And I'll make sure um, all of that is in the show notes. So you can just click on that if that's something that you want to do. And if you're also still uh, not in my private Facebook group, please feel free to go out and join. That is Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. We do all kinds of challenges and and really fun things in there on a weekly basis. I also do a weekly live in there on various different topics. And so we've got lots of really fun, exciting things coming up. We've got some new retreats that we're going to be sharing some details on, as well as my next 
signature free event, which is my Fit Life Masterclass, and that'll be coming up again in September. I just want to take a moment too and thank all of you all for all of your support. Uh, we have celebrated, just celebrated our one-year anniversary on the air. We are worldwide with, with the show. Um, we have thousands of followers and thousands of downloads, and I could not do it without you. And I just never want a week to go by where I don't tell you how grateful I am for all of your support um, and for your belief in me and my mission and everything that I strive to do every single day to ensure that we all have the chance to live our ultimate lives, whatever that looks like. Um, this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. If you're not on Facebook, please head to my website at cufitness.com, the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com, and click Contact Us, and just send me a note. I always like to hear about where you are, what's working, what's not working. Maybe if today's episode really spoke to you, I always want to hear that too. So uh, do not hesitate to, uh, to reach out. Um, my door is always available and always. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey in Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one.